Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, November 11th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the liquid staking Osmo AMA with Stride Zone, hosted by Spark IBC. Let's take a listen. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, man. How was your week? Oh, I survived FTX. I managed to get out just in time. So, were you using the platform? Yeah, it was FTX US though. Um, okay, so you had a little bit more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like I was warning people for like for like the last like week and a half, man. Yeah, it was just too shady, man. Are you guys starting the space now? Or are you still waiting for people to come in? No, no, no I work. Think- I assume I assume you have some thoughts on the discussion. So you're yeah, uh, yeah. I just wanted to yeah. know, man, like. If you if you guys know if like projects such as Saga or Celestia had any like correlations with Alameda, I know Celestia had one round where um, Alameda was included, but I'm sure I'm sure since like you know the token doesn't go live until next summer, I'm sure they have some time to recruit money from elsewhere. Yeah, I don't. I really have no idea, actually, what Alameda's investment or interaction may have been in those in those projects, but hopefully nothing too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that that's why, like, I'm a fan for next cycle for like the Cosmos narrative to actually happen, since like there's no VC contagion, and like to my knowledge, there there aren't any heavy. Um, there's no like heavy volume on Adam perps. So that's something that I've always liked about Adam. You know, it's like, yeah, more than anything, it's like, it, it takes care of its own self. Um, I know a few weeks ago, like the osmosis decks was handling like, like, uh, like ninth, like a hundred million plus, um, in volume, like liquidity. I'm sorry, liquidity. Sorry about that. So, um, no, not the Osmo token, but I'm saying the overall. Like, oh, Dex. Yeah. 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 Like, no, Cosmos is definitely unique. Yeah, Cosmos, gonna... uh, in my opinion, just to uh, um, chime in, uh, Cosmos is definitely the place to be. Uh, in my opinion, like this has been a watershed moment for crypto. And this has probably been the worst week ever. Uh, in the whole history of crypto and going forward, I really think there's going to be a new paradigm and it's not so much going to involve VCs. So we're not dependent on VC um, capital so much here in the cosmos. Yeah, I've long, I've long thought about that and definitely agreed. There is probably more big money involved than you might think, but still drastically less than other ecosystems. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
I don't think like as far as the atom token goes, I don't think like it would have as much exposure to VCs like big name VCs, right? Like you know, like Jump, Three AC, things like that. Yeah. I, I don't think like whatever the Luna allocation was. It's to those smaller parts. and smarter ones for the most part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and like like they're VCs that you know people don't really like know about. Um, when you're talking about like I guess like traditional finance, you know, because uh, Three Arrows Capital, like they were in business for a number of years, like well before uh they dipped their toes uh, uh into crypto you know they've been active yeah. they were they were active sorry since uh 2012 to my knowledge so you know um as far as like like you know the whole like tendermint consensus and all that stuff that occurred in like 2014 2013 when jay started working on it it's like you know it, it's been in the works for a while and like you guys know it took a number of years before the atom token even went live and um you know it's a, it's a it's a different community and you know through like like community raising and all that stuff we were able to bring things like uh like juno to like you know and, and, and osmosis which are projects that i really enjoy you know like osmosis really has um the greatest interface in in in, in all like the deck space in my opinion man um pretty slick than, yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off there though because we're at the five minute mark here. So um, two things: one, Wabi, feel free to stay up here if you want to partake in the discussion. This is gonna be a very open mic style night, so if anyone wants to chime in at any time, feel free. And two, Terra Spaces. Whenever you edit, you could just start it here and cut out all the banter prior. Um, but awesome! I think uh, let's get into it. Let's maybe first introduce who's on the Stride account today. Maybe your role in the company and like a two-minute pitch of uh, overview of what Stride is, just in case we do have any new new listeners. Uh, yeah, so uh, really briefly, my name is John Galt. I'm the head of growth at Stride. At Stride, as uh, I'm pretty sure everybody knows at this point, we provide liquid staking for the Cosmos. We have a layer one blockchain in the Cosmos, our own independent uh, minimalist blockchain from which we issue liquid stake derivatives. And um, the, the purpose of the conversation tonight um, is to talk about uh, one liquid staking derivative in particular, which is ST Osmo. Like to focus on ST Osmo, uh, talk about the future of the Osmo token itself, and generally talk about liquid staking and what it means for Cosmos and what it means for especially DeFi in the Cosmos. So, um, yeah, I'll hand it over to you, uh, Timmy. Awesome. Yeah. So I think. Some of this stems from some discussion that was going on in Commonwealth, right? Maybe we'll start at the top so everyone has context. Um, uh, for everyone wondering, I'm personally kind of also on the fence. I think that's one reason it might be perfect to have us moderating this right now. I can see tons of benefits, but I want to understand more before I fully get behind it. So I'll probably be asking a lot of questions to you guys too, just on behalf of the audience and myself. And again, if anyone else wants to chime in um, in any regard, feel free to come up. But yeah, why don't we start with, um, there's actually like two different threads on Osmosis. I've, uh, I mean, uh, sorry, on Commonwealth for Osmosis that I've noticed that have picked up some traction. First is the one you guys made um, on signaling proposal to incentivize Stride's ST Osmo and Osmo pool. And then another that someone named Wiggle made for enable superfluid staking on ST Osmo Osmo. And I think there's some really good discussion on both of those. So, yeah, that um, one about superfluid was definitely a bit 
uh, premature, I would say. I think that went up just a couple of days after the pool went live. Um, yeah. Who is Wiggle a team member or is that an independent community member? Do you know? No, he's he's independent. Uh, Stride Labs didn't really have anything to do with that one. Just part of okay. the community, uh, which is great because this is all community stuff and uh, nothing against that. But personally, I think maybe that one was a bit a little early. early. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so, so let's maybe start with your guys' post. Yeah, take it away. Yeah, well, this isn't like this isn't exactly some kind of persuasion campaign to uh, get the osmosis community to give us incentives or anything. Um, no, not, course, I think so, it's a discussion. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. but uh, this is just a discussion. Um, like personally, myself. Um, I'm still trying to work through these ideas. Um, Stride Labs, um, which is behind the Stride blockchain, we're trying to work through these ideas. And it's just appropriate to do it in public and to just have a public conversation about uh, the pros and cons of liquid staking and especially um, liquid staked Osmo. Um, so I guess briefly, uh, I'll just you know go over what liquid staking is just very briefly so we're all on the same page. Um, you deposit your... Uh, Let's say Atom, like uh, ST Atom is our biggest liquid stake derivative. So you deposit Atom with Stride, Stride stakes that Atom for you, and then we issue you ST Atom, which is a liquid stake derivative of, of Atom. And the great thing there is uh, you're earning your staking rewards, but it's also liquid and you could deploy it in DeFi. And the way you get your staking rewards is um, they, they accrue to the value of, of uh, ST Atom. Uh, and yeah, that's how it goes. So um, a lot of people have been talking about, um, it, you know, there's been like a lot of pushback in some areas about liquid staking in general, and particularly in the osmosis community. Uh, people talk about risks, but I, I want to start off by talking about like the big benefit. Like I don't see this discussed very often. And um, in my opinion, anyway, I think liquid staking is absolutely essential for one key reason. And that one key reason is, and like this is very, very important. Uh, this is what liquid staking does. It, it enables the collateralization of uh, Cosmos assets in a viable way. And uh, what I mean by that, I guess I'll go on a little bit. Uh, uh, what I mean is, if you're going to collateralize a naked Cosmos asset like Adam, you have to consider the hurdle rate. And the hurdle rate is. Uh, what you have to exceed in order to make it worth it. So you take your naked atom, you could either stake that, in which case you earn 20% risk-free, or you could use it as collateral to do some kind of DeFi activity. Now, if you're going to be doing that second option, you would only do so if you thought you could clear the hurdle rate, which uh, is 20%, and that's pretty high. Um, so it, it kind of makes DeFi activity in the cosmos like mature, really interesting, sophisticated DeFi activity in the cosmos, like stuff that involves leverage, it kind of makes that prohibitive. And liquid staking enables that. Um, <laughs> what do you think about that, Timmy? Um, you want to chime in? I hate for just yeah. going on and on and on myself. No, 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 no. That was all great. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I totally agree with all of that. And I think most people do that. Um, that particular problem, I think, has been talked about a lot and is particularly applicable to something like Juno that has a very high staking APY. I mean, it recently had its happening thirdening, but especially prior to that. Um, and so maybe to ease into like the Osmo side of things is part of the opposition here 
sort of the inverse of that. So what I mean by that for everyone listening, like uh, the argument has been Juno really needs liquid staked options because one reason it doesn't have super deep liquidity pools is because staking is much more appealing for the raw APY than like what uh, emissions and rewards for a pool could reliably and sustainably put out. Whereas with Osmo, is there some concern that like, because pools are already so attractive because there's uh, internal rewards from uh, Osmo, maybe you guys would do external rewards from stride. It would be liquid staked assets and then even super fluid staking, which maybe we'll talk about later, like that it becomes so attractive that there is not a lot of Osmo staked like straight up into the protocol. Is that part of the concern? No, I don't think so. Um, I think the main concern is just uh, like two categories, economic risks and governance risks. And there are definitely risks. Uh, There are always risks. But in this case with liquid staking, I would say the uh, risks are kind of insubstantial compared with the rewards. And uh, I'd like to talk about the rewards a bit more, like to really dig into it and unpack it and like give specifics about how collateralization for native Cosmos assets is super, super important. Um, like there are like three main use cases for collateralization uh, as DeFi starts to get built out in the cosmos. There's going to be um, collateral debt position backed stable coins, money markets, and then perps protocols. Those three DeFi, DeFi applications need collateralization. And I would say the first is the most important. And I just want to underscore under underscore how like crucial collateralization of native assets is to the development of proper DeFi. Uh, I, I would say that pretty much everybody here agrees we need a native decentralized stable coin in the cosmos. Uh, would you generally agree with that, Timmy? I think that'd be super nice. Yeah, I think that would enable a lot of stuff. It's one of the reasons like Luna was got so popular so quick is because there was a demand there. Um, I, yeah, and- I think a different question is if I think one will ever really succeed. Um, I hope so, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> uh, I think it has to succeed. Uh, I think like from first principles to have proper DeFi, you need some kind of stable coin and that has to be decentralized. Uh, uh, it, it's really unfortunate in the cosmos how our only, not our only, because we are getting a few decentralized stable coins now and there are many on the horizon and liquid staking definitely enables them. But at this point, uh, it's pretty unfortunate. I think most people would agree how we have such a strong reliance on USDC. And uh, like at this point, USDC has two risks. Like It's all wrapped USDC. So there's bridge risks. Yeah. And then there's also the risks uh, of, UST, uh, of USDC itself because it's centralized. It's absolutely 100% antithetical to what we're doing here, which is DeFi. Uh, we're going to get it uh, native to the cosmos. There's going to be the native uh, there's going to be the Cosmos asset issuance chain, and that's going to issue USDC uh, native in the Cosmos. So that'll be a little bit better than bridged USDC. But still, we really can't build DeFi around a centralized fiat-backed stablecoin with fiat in the banks and all these regulations. Um, that's just a terrible idea. I think that's a non-starter. We should not do that. Um, we need a decentralized stablecoin. And then the question becomes... Hey, wait, real quick, just before oh, we move sure. on. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, is there a particular one of the, like, sort of budding ones that you find particularly appealing? We, there's, like, USK that's already out. 
IST um, soon from Gorik, and then uh, shoot, what's what's the other? I was literally just shade, uh, silk, silk coming from shade. Or and there might be even more. I'm not having off the top of my head. Are there any you're particularly sort of excited for? Yeah, well, to add to your list, there's also composite coming from Comdex. There's um, mm, yep. <laughs> there's an as yet unnamed stablecoin coming from Carbon. It's going to be issued by Dmax. Oh, I saw then, that just the other day. Yeah, and then there's also um, the IBCX. What about that one being issued by the Ion DAO? And then there's also a CDT being issued by Membrane on Osmosis. And there's a lot of these stablecoins popping up like mushrooms. I think it's fantastic and. Uh, the yeah. reason they're showing up now is because we have liquid staking now. Because to like to to continue with my really concrete example here, uh, you can't have uh, CDP backed stablecoins in the cosmos without liquid staking. Because uh, like let's just walk through the, the numbers of it. Like say you want to mint a CDP backed a collateral debt position backed stablecoin, and you're going to be using Atom as your collateral. <laughs> Say the loan to value ratio is 50%. So for every dollar worth of stablecoin you want to mint, you have to collateralize it with $2 worth of Atom. Um, yep. So it's over collateralized. And in that case, the hurdle rate for that stablecoin actually becomes 40%, right? Because it's 20% for Atom, but you've got for every $1 worth of stablecoin, you've got $2 worth of Atom. So your hurdle rate there is 40% plus whatever the interest fee may be, which is like 1% to 5%. So it's just not economically viable to do that. If a person were to do that, to mint a, a CDP-backed stablecoin using Naked Atom, and it was like 50% loan-to-value, they would only do so if they thought they could earn more than 40% per year with their stablecoin, because they'd have to clear that hurdle rate. And um, Maybe in a raging bull market, but I don't know about you. I haven't seen any bulls around lately. Forty um, percent, like clearing that stable, clearing that hurdle rate, is a very tall order. Um, and it's it's you know it's even it's an even higher hurdle rate for Osmo because like the the staking reward rate for Atom is around twenty percent for Osmo it's twenty three percent. So if you were to back, you know, use Naked Osmo. Uh, you'd be looking at a hurdle rate of like 50%. You wouldn't do that unless you thought you could earn more than 50% per year. And so do you see how it's just prohibitive to um, to have a CDP-backed stablecoin with naked Cosmos assets? Yep. Yep. And then... No, and then totally yeah, and then like the next question is like, okay, uh, let's back it with Bitcoin. And that's a good idea because Bitcoin doesn't have a hurdle rate. It's not a yield-bearing <laughs> asset. You wouldn't have to forego any yields to have naked Bitcoin backing a uh, CDP stablecoin in the Cosmos. But then you've got bridge risk. Like uh, you'd have to bridge the Bitcoin into the Cosmos. And obviously, uh, Nomic is working on that, and that looks really fantastic and very promising. Um, but I don't know. Uh, yep, I'm not a technical guy, so from my perspective. Over the year 2022, I've just seen bridges blowing up left, right, and center. It's so much money has been lost from bridge hacks that I don't want to use bridges at all. And I don't want to have the main Cosmos CDP-backed stablecoin be backed with assets that are bridged into the ecosystem. That's a gigantic risk. So the way I see it, it's got to be endogenous assets, assets from within the ecosystem. And they've got to have a very low hurdle rate or no hurdle rate at all. And 
So like, if you think it through like this, the only way to have a decentralized like CDP backed over collateralized stable coin in the cosmos, which is what you need to have proper decentralized finance. Like you can't use USDC in order to do that. It's got to be liquid stake derivatives. Like, uh, and that's, yeah. that, that's just my thinking. Like, uh, I'm just kind of working this out in the community. Uh, that, I mean, like I'm working this out publicly out loud. And, uh, right. what do you guys think? What do you think of, um, kind of the way I laid that out? You, you know, anybody can, like, I think that on stage, I think that was time. really yeah. well articulated and like very valid points. Um, I think it makes sense to think of these sort of things with uh, the hurdle rate metric in mind. You know, as you were talking, I was kind of making connections in my mind. I was like, oh, you know, one reason the old Luna system didn't really have to worry about the hurdle rate problem is because Anchor would pay you 20% on your UST. So you could make that sacrifice of your Luna or or various things like that. And just it was I think that Luna, makes... actually. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, okay. It yeah. Was, it was liquid. But like, kind of still the same reason. Still the same reason where if someone wasn't necessarily bearish on the market and that would be why they want to hold stable coins, there was still an appeal to doing so over holding your Luna if you thought that 20% would be doubt. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, hop in for sure. Yeah, then isn't like one of the biggest mistakes what happened with UST is having it listed on a derivative exchange, you know, FTX perps. I think that kind of ruined um, that whole ecosystem, man. Because when when you're talking, um, you know the way the way UST works, it's supposed to uh, work as it should be, you know, relative to the peg. Uh, that all works on chain, but you know when it started getting listed uh, on various pairs on Binance and started getting listed on derivative exchanges, like like you know when you put that kind of uh, volume on a stablecoin that's supposed to remain on chain, it kind of it kind of destroys it, don't you guys think? Like if we're gonna have stable coins on Cosmos, it should stay on chain. Like there's a reason why Juno isn't listed on centralized exchanges because if if it is, then like it kind of ruins um, like what they want to achieve and it it destroys the purity, you know. And I and I strongly believe that you know had there had there been um, you know no listing of perps of UST on 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 derivative exchanges, you know the conversation in regards to Terra would be a lot different. And moving forward, I think, um, like, you know, if there's going to be all this community funding around a specific stable coin, it should be based around that to just keep it all on chain. And if it's a dual token system, like, sure, you know, if, if like, I know, I know, uh, Kuji has their whole USK thing, but, you know, should USK start, start, start getting all these, uh, listings on centralized exchanges it kind of ruins the flow of the ecosystem you know especially when you take into account derivative exchanges and you know that's a whole nother discussion so yeah all really good points but i do want to keep the discussion on liquid staking instead of stable coins that's a whole conversation in of itself that we should definitely all have sometime um and like the stable coins are like slightly a part of this like your example there um with a, a collateral backed one being uh, impractical without liquid staking. Um, I think just going back to like directly um, kind of replying to Stride's comments is 
I think that all makes sense. And so now I'm sort of wondering, even though you may need to play a little bit of devil's advocate for it. So where is the sort of opposition coming from or what are the counter arguments that you're seeing? Because I'm on board with everything you just went through personally. Uh, Yeah, there are definitely counter arguments. Uh, Like I said, it's all about risk reward. Um, But to just develop it a little bit more like, uh, yeah, collateralization super important for CDP-backed stablecoins, but also money markets. Um, There are lots of money markets coming to the cosmos, and there's just a whole flourishing of DeFi right now. And it's out on the horizon, just three to six months out, and it's going to require a lot of collateralization. There's Mars coming to Cosmos Hub. There's a Komodo coming to Comdex. There's, um, There's Shade Lend. There's Nitron. Uh... Yeah, at least those four throughout the cosmos. Uh, brand new we money have markets. Kava. Everyone forgets about Kava. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Because <laughs> they're I, so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's really bizarre. They they minted a lot of Kava this year, and that was pretty crazy. Yeah, um, that's yeah. an interesting chain. But but yeah, continue. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good point. Thanks for pointing that out. Um, yeah, but uh, like we're going to require a lot of collateral. And also there's, there's perps protocols. Like we know that two really big ones, DYDX and also uh, Vortex on say are going to be coming to the Cosmos ecosystem in the next three to six months. And also there's going to be um, Levana's perps protocol. Yep. Um, that, that'll be on Juno and Osmosis. And like these perps protocols so far, they only offer like DYDX is functional. It just hasn't come yet, but it only offers USDC as collateral. Mm-hmm. Like, just let that sink in. In order to use this protocol, you must put up USDC as collateral. And if you're using USDC, like, if USDC is like gatekeeping people, like, you have to use USDC to get in and use the protocol at all. That's not DeFi. Like, it's just USDC, um, (laughs) which is completely centralized. So, anyway, collateral, super important. Um, Another thing, uh, ST Atom like exists and the cosmos hub community is fully behind liquid staking right so all this demand for collateral if like if st osmo doesn't really take off and that doesn't become a collateral asset as well then all this demand for collateral like we're talking about is going to go to adam and that's going to be a huge source of demand for adam and that's fantastic um that the cosmos hub community is embracing that but the question is and like, I'm not trying to force this or anything. I'm not trying to be super persuasive. Like, this is a genuine question that we're trying to figure out. Does the osmosis community also want uh, a significant source of demand for Osmo to be collateralization via ST Osmo or some other liquid stake derivative of Osmo? Um, maybe not, because here are the risks. <laughs> we'll we'll get into the risks and yeah. Uh, the, yeah, definitely. I, I know you're eager for that. Um, the risks are just two baskets. Just just to make it really simple, there's economic risks, and then there's governance risks. So economic risks and governance risks, those are the risks with a liquid staking provider. And with both of those two categories of risks, uh, those two categories of risk, um, there are risks, like there are issues that could happen with a hack or even without a hack. So let's start with the economic risks. The economic risks are uh, a liquidation cascade, uh, which is not good at all. Um, 
So like if a lot of people were using um, ST Osmo as collateral throughout the cosmos and the ST Osmo Osmo peg on osmosis were to break and it were just, just a cascade down, it could cause a huge cascade of liquidations and really lower the Osmo price. And it could also cause a lot of uh, unbondings um, from people trying to arb that peg uh, deviation. And that's something we saw on Terra. We saw a massive cascade of liquidations on Terra while the DPEG of UST was taking place. So that's like, not a good thing, um, right? Like this uh, idea of cascading liquidations, that could definitely happen at the, 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 uh, the market rate between SD Osmo and Osmo could break. That could be bad. And that, that wouldn't involve a hack. Like if Stride were just operating fine, um, that could happen. And that would just be like an economic financial issue. But obviously, there's also the risk of a hack. And obviously, if Stride were hacked, then somehow hackers might be able to. And, and I don't even know how they would do this. Like, you've, you know about bridge hacks, right? Everybody knows about bridge hacks at this <clears> point. They hack the bridge, they drain the funds. That's it. Somebody could hack Stride, but they wouldn't be able to drain the funds. Um, right. Because it's all staked, right? Yeah. Like, Hold on, I want to go back real quick to... Okay, for sure. Um, yeah, sort of in the middle there. So just like the breaking of the ST Osmo Osmo peg. I uh, just want to like explore that slightly deeper. So I I can see like... Well, actually, let's do a quick refresh on exactly how your platform works. So if I have ST Osmo um, and let's say, let's say I'm trying to arbitrage and keep that peg stable. So I get ST Osmo at a discount and I take that over to Stride. And then to turn that into normal Osmo, do I have to wait the unbonding period? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where the peg could potentially break because raw arbitrage would not like be enough to sustain it. Um, the other option would be some sort of like IBC failure where they can't get the ST Osmo back to Stride, right? Those would be kind of the two things that could cause a DPEG in this sort of event you're talking about with like massive liquidations and such. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the thing is, if but all of... Oh, go ahead. I actually wonder, like, though, arbitrage would still work effectively across osmosis. So if ST Osmo had enough liquidity across multiple pairings, that might be a level of safeguard there, right? Because even if the ST... Osmo Osmo peg were to slip. In theory, you could swap ST Osmo for Adam and then that into Osmo and kind of complete the arbitrage cycle that way, so long as it wasn't enough to drain all pools, right? Or or am I missing something? Yeah, like if other pools were involved, it would kind of all balance out. Um so right. like it, it could break. Like it could problem, still get bad enough, definitely. That but that would help. I think. Yeah, but um, the problem is, like, if all of these leverage DeFi applications across the cosmos are using the market rate of uh, ST Osmo to Osmo, and yeah. that rate breaks its peg, then you get a liquidation, and that liquidation yeah. causes more ST Osmo to be sold, which pushes the peg down further, pushes the peg down further. And yeah, the ARB that you do is you buy like if the peg is off by 5%, then you buy ST Osmo off the market 
and you give it to Stride, and then you unbond that. And over 21 days, you make 5%. That's a pretty good APR <laughs> if you annualize it. So that's mm-hmm. why you would do the R. But if there's no appetite in the market to be exposed to the price of Osmo for 21 days, because people think it's going lower and lower and lower, yeah. then people may not participate in the ARB and then more SD Osmo is liquidated. You sell it on the market, the price goes down. More SD Osmo is liquidated. You sell it on the market, the price goes down. And that's the liquidation cascade. And it could just clear out all leverage um, like we saw in the Terra ecosystem like back in May when UST was depegging and the price of Luna was cratering. We saw a huge, insane deleveraging event and it was pretty wild, but uh, not in a good way. So that's, that's an economic risk for sure. Um, and then there's like economic risks from hacking. Um, and I should point out like Stride is a super secure blockchain and security is our number one concern. Um, we have rate limiting, for instance, if a hacker somehow messes around in there, we have a rate limiting feature so that if some of the, uh, if some of the like, parts in the chain go off, the chain just shuts down. And we have, uh, we're going to have a bug bounty and um, uh, all our code is open source and uh, we have a really respectable team. We work with other teams in the cosmos and we have a minimalist chain. So we have no other apps that share our chain. I was just, just going to say, actually, for anybody that missed um, our last big panel on liquid staking with Stride, Putmos, Persistence, um, one of the things you kind of touched on a couple times there that um, my partner and I at Spark IBC were chatting about later that we really admired is that you guys are very much so minimal for benefit. Like you're doing one thing that's like your total focus, not a lot of bells and whistles. You said it much more eloquently, but I think that's a good approach for something like this exactly because of these you know, potential risks that we're exploring right now. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense the way you guys are going about it in the minimal way. I was going to jump in with that, but you beat me to it. I liked that from our last discussion. Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks for um, thanks for the compliment. Yeah, uh, so, so we're like the Cosmos Hub in that regard. The Cosmos mm-hmm. Hub needs to be secure. The commodity that it's going to be selling throughout the Cosmos is security. So it's got to make sure that it's secure. And one of the ways that it maintains its security is by being minimalistic. It's very conservative, very slow to upgrade. Uh, It doesn't have any apps. It's got a very small attack surface, very few moving parts, just like Stride. And we are, uh, by the way, um, we're like for people listening, I know you know this, Timmy, but uh, we're the only uh, liquid staking provider in the cosmos that plans to have a minimalist blockchain. So no other applications, very few moving parts. And in that regard, like from that perspective, we are objectively the most secure liquid staking provider in the cosmos. Um, so we take security super, super seriously to mitigate the risk of some kind of hack, which could cause an economic problem. Uh, but then, like I said, like I said, well, before, actually, but before we continue ahead. with this, this liquid staking for Osmo discussion in general, I am actually still foggy about one point on how you guys work. I think partially just because. I don't know, not as smart as I may seem, but also we I've talked with so many liquid kind of staking providers and people doing slight things slightly differently. If I buy an ST anything on Osmosis, so Osmo, Juno, Atom, whatever, um, and I just like am holding that one singular token in my wallet, 
where are the rewards accruing? Do I not see those till I go redeem it at stride? Or how is that working? Like, how is it actually liquid staked for me? Uh, okay, sure. Um, uh, yeah, I'll walk through like the technical way it works. So imagine yeah. you, um, it, the way it works is you deposit, let's talk about Adam, you deposit Adam on the Stride blockchain, and then we stake it for you. We put it in a pool of staked Adam, and then we issue you ST Adam. Now, let's say that we had 99 Adam in the pool, and you deposit one Adam with Stride, and we put that one Adam in the pool. Now there's 100 Adam in the pool, and we've issued you one uh, ST Adam, right? Yep. So that ST Adam, what it is, it's simply a claim against a staked Adam in the pool. So since you have one ST Adam, uh, like the way it works is your one ST Adam is worth one one hundredth of the pool, right? You have a claim on one one hundredth one one hundredth of the pool it's kind of like um like an lp share an lp share or an lp token is a, a a derivative and it's a claim against a certain share of all of the uh underlying assets that are on the decks just as like traded. a raw percentage yeah for you guys yeah so so to continue yeah, the example okay. if you've got one st atom and that represents one one hundredth of the pool what we do is we take the staking rewards and every six hours we reinvest them into the pool. So the pool is growing, right? Every single day the pool grows, but uh, your one ST atom is still just one ST atom, but it, it represents one one hundredth of the pool, but the pool is growing. It's like the pie is growing, but your slice um, still has the same like angle, you know? Like your slice is yeah. the same angle, but the pie is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So the amount of atom that you can redeem by returning us your ST atom increases every single day. And it increases at the um, staking reward rate. So if staking rewards are uh, 20% APR, then the pool is growing. Actually, it, it, com it compounds though, because like we reinvest it every day. So the APR becomes an APY. Uh, but anyway, it, it grows at that rate. So uh, if you if if your ST atom is only worth one atom at the start of the year, at the end of the year, it's going to be worth one point two atom. So uh, that's how it works. That's the redemption rate. So you can always you can always uh, take your ST atom and redeem it or and give it to stride to redeem underlying atom at the redemption rate. And then the market rate which is what you see on osmosis in our pool, our ST atom atom pool, that should reflect the redemption rate. In fact, it should be, the market rate should be exactly the same as the redemption rate because of arbitraging. Um, yep. it, it could deviate, but um, yeah, that's how it works. Um, did I explain it well? Yes, I think so. And I, I was with you like 95% of that prior. I just wanted to kind of make sure, I think, I think it's just actually just so interesting with so many kind of factors and numbers to dig into that that is exactly how I thought it worked. Um, it's yeah, perfect. So, right. So that's why ST Osmo trades uh, at a premium to Osmo, right? Yeah, it does. Because yeah. it's the pool plus rewards sort of, yeah, averaged out. Okay, cool. I think the one thing I was kind of foggy on, I didn't get that it was a raw, like, uh, slice of the pie of the pool 
I was thinking it was more like, I don't know, I was wondering, like, is each stride in existence sort of an NFT where it marks when it went into the pool and how much it's accrued since then? But no, I think I think it totally makes sense now. Cool. Okay, I didn't mean to derail too much there, but hopefully that was helpful for some listeners as well. Um, Yeah, cool. I like content like that. So I think you were about to make it a bit easier. It's exactly like an an LP token, like with the LP token. Uh, you get like on on osmosis for instance they're actually gam shares not lp tokens but uh you you get your incentives (laughs) yeah you get your incentives they appear there but the swap fees um they just go into the pool right Mm -hmm. the swap fees just go into the pool so when you redeem your assets using the lp token you get a little bit more now obviously impermanent loss makes it kind of confusing but in theory, you should be getting yeah. a little bit more because of the swap fees. Yeah, right. If you were if you were somehow to pull out at the exact price of both assets that you entered a year ago, you would have more on those GAM tokens because of the accrued fees. Exactly. Cool. Actually, the, uh, the LP pool analogy is super helpful. I like that one. Awesome. So before I interrupted you with that, I think we're about to touch on the sort of other category of risks, right? Governance risks? Yeah, so... So just to recap, there's two kinds of risks that I know of anyway, or this is the framework that I like to use. There's, there's the economic risks and the governance risks. Um, economic risks can happen just naturally, uh, or they can happen with a hack. And likewise, with the governance risks, um, even if the Stride protocol runs properly and there's no hack, there can be a governance issue. And if there is a hack, obviously that can create an even worse governance issue. So the issue is, particularly, um, people deposit Atom with Stride, and then it's Stride's responsibility to uh, stake that Atom, right? Uh, We have, uh, somehow, the Stride protocol has to pick validators on the Cosmos Hub to stake the Atom with. Right now, we have about uh, 415,000 or yeah, four hundred. Sorry, four hundred fifteen thousand um, atom, and we have to figure out which uh, which validators on the Cosmos Hub to delegate it to, and therein um, the Stride protocol could definitely um, do something do something bad because uh, and uh, four hundred fifteen thousand isn't that much, but imagine if we had say thirty million uh, atom. If the Stride protocol took its 30 million atom and gave it all to one validator, that validator could definitely get up to some funny business with Cosmos Hub governance. So, uh, it, like, you can see how that works, right? Yeah, yep, absolutely. And, like, the problem here, it, you can really see it very clearly with something like Lido, for instance. Um, I'm not really sure how Lido does... Um, how they delegate their ETH that's um, underlying ST ETH, but I'm very familiar with what they were doing over on Terra. And when Lido was um, issuing the LSDB Luna in the Terra ecosystem before the crash, they were Mm -hmm. taking all the Luna that people were uh, depositing with them and they were just delegating it however they saw fit. So, and it wasn't decentralized. It was somehow a group of like unelected people, a small committee is very centralized very opaque behind closed doors kind of thing. They were picking which validators to delegate to. And that's not really a good thing at all. And you can imagine all kinds of bad things that can come from that. Um, fortunately, 
Fortunately, Stride is actually pioneering a very decentralized way of doing this. And if you want to see our idea, you can take a look at the uh, recent proposal that went up on the Stride Governance Forum, um, commonwealth.im slash stride. And you can see our approach. Our approach is uh, we let Stride token holders um, pick who to delegate our um, assets to, essentially. Um, there is a bit of an involved process, but that's how we do it. So it's, you know, it's pretty fair. And we've set up the tokenomics so that Stride token, um, STDR, is not going to be held in very few hands. It's not going to be super concentrated relative to other tokens, let's say. But um, we, we have decided to give away 50% of Stride token through airdrops, LP incentives, staking rewards, um, grants, etc. And and that's the, the voting power, right? So we give away much of the Stride token, and then the holders that we've that we've given stride token to they are going to be the ones deciding how stride protocol um delegates the assets that's deposited with stride on the various host chains uh, and that's a pretty good approach to doing it uh we think um, we think that is going to make stride um, act in the best interests of host chains and it's going to promote not only the decentralization of host chains but also the general health of host chains because we're going to delegate across the active set, but we're also going to be delegating specifically to validators who contribute a lot to help the ecosystem. So yeah, that's okay. risk and that's how stride mitigates uh, okay, wait. risk. Oh, two, two questions there. Um, one, I think I, I must've just missed something or misunderstood something. Can you clarify the difference is I heard you say both like this is how it works and also this is how it's going to work. Can we separate like how it works right now versus what you guys are trying to work up to or like currently discuss or am I trying <laughs> to understand something? Well, yeah, currently like strides just getting started um, for everybody listening. Um, we only launched a couple months ago. So for expediency and for security and just to make it smooth um, stride labs has um, hand selected, well, not really hand selected. We had like a, a template for how to do it. We picked all of the uh, validators on our various host chains that we currently delegate to. We just picked the top thirty um, with some exemptions. Um, that's gotcha. what we currently do, to be honest, just because we're getting started and we wanted to prioritize security and uh, expediency. Um, but this process that I'm talking about, the um, the Stride host chain validator set. Uh, yep. selection process uh, it's up on our commonwealth form and uh, it's going to be a process that's carried out over the first uh, over the next month we're doing it for cosmos hub and uh, the community will be able to see like our process and how it works and uh, we think that this is probably the best way to responsibly delegate assets uh, for a liquid staking provider Cool. And so when you say, my second question was when you say let users decide who those funds get staked with, would that be like I'm picking uh, where my portion of the stake goes or I'm putting in a vote to where the entire stride treasury splits its stake between? Yeah, it would be the second one. So um, okay. some people are talking about this intense model where the people who deposit the asset get to select which validator they want the asset to be delegated to. There are numerous problems with that, and we don't need to mm -hmm. get into that. Um, 
Stride is taking a different approach. Our approach is uh, depositors don't get to pick the validators. Stride token holders get to pick the validators. And we have a plan for, like I said, dispersing Stride token. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not dev dev savvy enough, nor like a hacker to think of specifics here. But that sounds like the type of move that plays into your sort of keep it simple philosophy. That seems slightly safer to me, like less moving parts, even if slightly less individual choice for the user, but only slightly, really. Uh, yeah yeah probably and yeah but there still could be an issue if like stride is hacked because like i said yeah. with these two categories economic risk governance what, risks. what sorry oh, what sorry. would that we keep talking about so that would be the stride protocol that's built on the stride blockchain being hacked because blockchains can't like really be hacked they can be you know taken over or uh, you know, fifty-one percent attacked, but not like hacked in the classic sense. Oh, Have I you guys? They can. They can. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, <laughs> I'm not a hacker or anything, but if it's coded and it's on the internet, like, I'm sure you can hack it. You could hack Bitcoin, maybe. Well, the thing know. is, hacking involves changing stuff, and you can't change most chains without governance. So you could slip a hack into like a governance proposal that you past but but i think with something like what you're doing with an app chain and this is actually where my knowledge here really does fade away app chains like where does the protocol start and the chain end right and so obviously somewhere in there there is some hack hacking vectors i'm sure yeah well it's the same thing or like to expand it beyond just a hack like it could be i don't know corruption or government yes. coercion um, like right. there are a number of like compromise. compromise. It, yep. Exact. That's a better way of putting it. You're right. Compromise. Like yep. why not? <laughs> yeah. For each of these categories, like economic issues, governance issues, there could be issues in both categories if things are just running as they should be. But there could also be issues if Stride is compromised. And with governance, obviously, if Stride is compromised, then the Stride protocol could take all of the uh, delegations on a particular host chain and redelegate them to a single validator. And that could be part of some kind of orchestrated attack against the host chain. And this is very bad stuff. And I don't really like talking about it. Um, but it, it, there are all kinds of ways that these um, issues could be mitigated. Um, like uh, I've been talking about how Stride has a huge emphasis on security. Um, Stride has like a, a plan to responsibly delegate and we're doing it in an open, transparent, um, yeah, an open and transparent and we think very fair way that benefits uh, host chains. Um, there are other things we could do, like we could have a discussion about maybe Stride limiting the amount of um, deposits that it accepts. So for instance, we could somehow um, limit the amount of atom we accept as a percentage of the overall atom so that we don't accept more than 20 or 30 or 40 percent of the overall atom so we don't have that much control uh, that's definitely a conversation to be had and to be clear um, as a percentage of the total token supply stride currently has like very 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 small deposits like less than one percent for sure probably less than half of one percent right so like a lot of these things are kind of hypothetical. 
Um, but something that isn't hypothetical, and I would just like to kind of take this conversation back to SC Osmo, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. Something that isn't hypothetical is the risk of bridges. Like uh, I've mentioned earlier in this conversation, if we learned nothing from, like I'm, we've learned a lot of lessons in 2022, I think, but one of those big lessons is don't trust bridges necessarily. Bridges have been getting hacked like crazy all over the place and billions of dollars have been lost. And these are not theoretical issues. These are like real attacks that are happening. Whereas with liquid staking, I don't know of uh, like a serious liquid staking um, event, like some kind of problematic event that has happened on the scale of these bridge hacks. Have you heard of anything, Timmy? Um, not in particular lately, but I also am actually more of a hermit than people think since I've been building stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but like, you know, if it were really big and people lost hundreds of millions or even a billion dollars, you probably would have heard of it, right? Yeah. And yeah. Like we know that bridges have just been getting hacked left, right, and center all year. Uh, but liquid staking, like these issues that we're talking about with liquid staking, these economic, um, potential economic attacks, potential governance attacks, they're just theoretical. And like, we do need to take them super seriously and stride definitely does. But in terms of evidence from past experience, we haven't really seen liquid staking uh, result in such user funds as we've seen with um, bridges. And one thing yeah. that I would like to point out that's pretty interesting, the osmosis community um, is fully behind using bridged assets, right? Like with Axelar. And not, is, not only is the Osmosis community completely behind using bridged assets, but they have mm. picked a single canonical bridge. They've granted them a monopoly, I think. I, I, yes. Like, I, think that's how it works. I don't think you can get any other bridged assets onto Osmosis, uh, unless I'm mistaken. Um, but like the Osmosis community has, like they've got this, they do bridging, they've got one bridge. And like, I don't see a lot of pushback against that. Like it's yeah. like they've embraced that with open arms in spite of all the issues that we've seen with bridges over this year, but with liquid staking, which hasn't seen like hundreds of millions of dollars, like lost due to hacks with liquid staking providers, the osmosis community is really opposed. Uh, some parts of the osmosis community are really opposed to liquid staking. Um, which just strikes me as a little bit inconsistent. And that's not like a criticism at all. It's just um, one of the reasons that we've organized this space tonight is to kind of just talk about it. And I'm not sure why that is. Um, right. Does, any, does anybody I know listening? Some of, the, oh, some of the pushback has sort of been uh, framed around, or this has been part of the discussion rather that like your, putting uh, a lot of osmosis's security liquidity whatever trust in another chain but you're right that is like very much so what's happening with axelar and the growing amount of usdc and other non-cosmos assets so that's a really good point um i think you were just about to say this but yes i will definitely shout out a reminder to the crowd anyone is welcome to come up at any time we got Robo McGobo coming up, um, but this definitely should be an open discussion. So I know for a fact, most of you out there probably use Os Osmo uh, or use Osmosis, the DEX. So feel free to come weigh in. Absolutely. 
but Robo, what's going on? Yeah, hi. Um, so I kind of see this conversation as having like two aspects to it, right? Um, the first aspect is, should we have staked Osmo at all? And in my mind, that's kind of like a non-conversation, um, especially in Cosmos, where you have, uh, you know, sovereign zones, Stride is its own sovereign zone. Um, Osmosis really doesn't have any practical way to prevent a staking derivative from existing in the first place. So I, I'm not sure that it's, you know, that it matters. Um, there's, there's a huge demand for it. And this market is going to exist, I think, regardless of whether the Osmosis community wants it or not. Um, the other aspect of this is, should we be incentivizing, um, you know, that liquidity on Osmosis itself? I'm also a yes on this. Um, you know, I kind of clarified this a little bit on the Commonwealth discussion, but I feel that if the market's going to exist, regardless of what osmosis does we should much rather have it exist on osmosis in the first place the big reason behind that in my opinion is superfluid staking if we have extremely deep liquidity on an osmo staked osmo pool um, we can enable superfluid staking in that pool and get a net security uh, or get a security benefit from each osmo that's in the pool right so right now the ratio of, of superfluid staking um, is 50%. So for every staked Osmo that you put in at current exchange rates, you're going to get one, half of an Osmo staked directly onto the Osmosis blockchain. In my opinion, that's a huge benefit um, You know that you won't get if those derivatives live on Juno or you know wherever else um, they might end up. Um, at the same time with, you know, I think this is a good way to kind of like offset the collateralization of this is, you know, if you start seeing a huge number of um, liquid staked Osmo being used as collateral for stable coins, you can bump up the superfluid staking rate accordingly to increase the security, um, you know, to basically increase the number of Osmo that are staked as well. So if as far as the economic, uh, you know, concerns are, I feel that Osmosis is unique amongst all of the Cosmos blockchains in its ability to mitigate those security concerns. Um, and you know that being the case, I think if there's going to be a huge market for it, we should have that living on Osmosis in the first place. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, osmosis is definitely the only game in town at this point, but there are a number of um, other DEXs coming up on the horizon. There's um, obviously Duality which was just announced a few days ago. Uh, presumably, there's going to be some, some kind of DEX on, um, on Say, and um, even many. Astroport. Many. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, even Astroport on Terra. So there are a number of other... What? Um, Why does everyone always forget about Injective? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's Injective, for sure. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, I think... I think that's a lot of uh, great points, Robo. And while while you were kind of breaking that down, I also was just doing some super basic math in my head. And so, as like a starting point, an ST Osmo Osmo pool that had superfluid staking enabled, let's just say, with no external rewards, you would be earning 
75% of the APR you would if all your Osmo was just staked, right? Because 50% of your pool is ST Osmo. You're earning the full staking amount on that. The other 50% of the pool is normal Osmo, of which 50% of that, so 25% of your total, is um, superfluid staked. So right there just with superfluid staking enabled and uh, this pool, unless I'm doing my math wrong there, um, it already doesn't seem, at that point it is definitely not a threat to like snowballing and having all Osmo go into stride because of that like negative hurdle rate almost. So then you even like have quite a bit of room to play with incentives on top of that. I feel before would I, would I be wrong um, in saying a to super TLDR and summarize a couple of the various pieces of pushback against this or not even pushback, but just discussion. It all sort of centers around like this will make stride too attractive. And then, you know, the downsides to that sometimes being, you know, puts too much of Osmo's chain security in another chain's hands, maybe the governance stuff we talked on. But am I sort of right that that's the the core argument is that, like, if we incentivize these pools too much, why would anyone do anything else with their Osmo? Or is there some other stuff as well? Well, I think that argument is more of like a fundamental issue, right? It's Yeah. I think that is something that is going to happen, uh, regardless of whether there are incentives or not, especially because Stride is providing their, providing their own external incentives. Um, right. There's no reason, no reason to believe that other protocols won't incentivize an Osmo derivative if Osmosis is hostile to it. Um, but not only that, but... <laughs> But I'm also saying that Osmosis, I guess, is uniquely um, equipped to kind of handle that risk with superfluid staking. We had, um, you know, obviously Terra uh, was a big impact on everyone, but it was also a really good uh, test of superfluid staking. And it showed how resilient the protocol was to a black swan. Uh, and it, there weren't even as many <laughs> there weren't even as, as many superfluid staked pools and two of the largest ones were UST and uh, you know so I, I basically I, I think there's a lot of resilience uh, the protocol has a lot of resilience uh, to justify taking slightly more risk uh, yeah by having you know uh, the superfluid or by having more token staked through stride um, and with superfluid adjustable i mean it could be adjustable all the way to 100 percent if, if the community want that um, you know so if we as a community start to see that there's a higher risk um, you know more staked osmo or being used as collateral um, that's something that we start to become comfortable with we can increase the superfluid staking uh, ratio to something like 75 percent right and i could see that being attractive on a quote-unquote stable pairing like st osmo osmo but then there's obviously the risk of you know if that peg ever does break but cool so it sounds like robo you would probably vote for incentivizing an st osmo osmo pool i would uh yeah i would vote yes for this i 
I, I know that um, that John mentioned that superfluid staking it might be a little early for that, but I would like to see both implemented for this reason. Uh, you know, if we're going to, in theory, incentivize less security, we should have a corresponding security gain for that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, these are all uh, very good points. Um, to get back to one of your points, Timmy, um, yeah, it's 75%. If you had superfluid staking in this pool, then in this particular pool, um, through two means, through superfluid staking and then through liquid staking, uh, you would have 75% of the assets in the pool um, staked to the Osmosis blockchain and providing economic security to Osmosis, which is fantastic. And that... Yeah. Um, it doesn't give you a negative hurdle rate. There still is a hurdle rate because that 25% that remains is unstaked. So that's about 6% APR that you're missing out on. So yeah. that, it still is a positive hurdle rate and that would need to be compensated with compensated for with incentives yeah, either yeah, yeah, yeah. or Osmo. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just so so the reason I even brought that analogy up at all is uh, or or that just number experiments because it was like just at a base level there before rewards come in, it's certainly not too attractive. Um, I don't really know how to factor like what Osmo rewards would be as a percentage there because I guess that would depend on too many other factors. But um, like Robo was mentioning, you could also tweak the a superfluid rate so like let's say that that pool did get way too attractive which is some people's concerns and like all the osmo ends up flowing into st uh, into strides platform and that pool well you could like in theory you could dial back the superfluid rate to like make it less attractive is that sort of part of what you were getting at robo like that you can you can or you can raise it if everything's good and like it seems secure well we we would probably want to raise it um, in the event that you know the peg looks like it might break or or if yeah. uh, you know and, and the reason for that is because the stride osmo osmo pool wouldn't be the only superfluid state uh, you've got you know atom osmo usdc osmo uh that are also providing a significant amount of osmo security for the chain through superfluid staking so um yeah. you know you could you could offset potential security risks by raising the overall state rate through superfluid staking across the mm -hmm. models. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'm still sort of stuck on the like snowballing of people aping into stride staked Osmo because of it being appealing because that's that's like really the only argument I think holds a ton of merit because first off, actually, I want to, I want to say to you, John, uh, from the stride account, like really appreciate you going through the, the risks, the economic and governance risks. Um, because I actually do totally agree while those exist and it's awesome that a project is, you know, willing to talk about those openly as possibilities we should all be aware of. I agree that between the sort of slim chance of them happening Os osmosis resilience as a chain and the benefits that it provides that like they're worthy trade-offs. Like I'm, I'm definitely in favor of this so far uh, through, throughout this conversation tonight. And so the last argument I think 
personally that I'm still slightly wrapping my head around how I feel is like you guys do have the first movers advantage. Someone's going to though. So you can't just like hamper that. Obviously someone comes first. Um, and so that's why I was kind of still stuck on the, the like, is this too attractive almost? But I kind of really do like your point there, Robo, where like, let's assume that's not the issue and rather we can actually bump up that rate and just get more security out of this whole system. Um, kind of just thinking out loud here, thinking through all this. You're right. It seems like a very simple topic, a very simple question, decision, like as far as just do we incentivize this pool or not? But there's like a lot to think through on it. <laughs> you, you mentioned something along those lines at the beginning, John, just like I'm still getting my head around it. And yeah, there is a lot here, even though it seems simple. Yeah. And um, here's another thing to consider. Uh, speaking of first movers, um, Stride definitely is the first mover. Um, we are the only liquid staking provider to have support for um, Adam in the Cosmos, Osmo, uh, Stars. Uh, so we're definitely the first mover here. And uh, if we did get Osmo incentives for the ST Osmo Osmo pool, that would solidify our advantage uh, a little bit. Um, but you know, speaking of first movers, uh, I think the Osmosis community might want to be a first mover in the new paradigm yeah. around collateralization in the cosmos because yeah. like strides the first one and we don't know when the next liquid staking provider to come online will be i mean we do know for a fact that lido won't be coming online until interchain security goes live because lido is on neutron and i don't they said january but who knows it could be february um maybe even March. I'm not sure how the progress is going there, but um, the launch of Neutron, or sorry, the launch of Lido is tied to the launch of ICS. We're, we're not quite sure when Quicksilver is going to go live. Quicksilver, in many respects, is kind of missing in action. Um, they're not providing many updates, so we're not quite sure about that. There's Supernova. Um, yeah, so we don't know when these other liquid staking providers are going to show up and provide some uh, competition for stride with having their own lsds of osmo uh, but we do know that like very soon in uh, across the next six uh, across the next three to six months there's going to be a wave of DeFi applications throughout the cosmos and uh, i speak with all of them all of the teams and we talk about sd atom do you want to integrate sd atom what are you going to use for your oracle what's the ltv going to be etc cetera, etc cetera. the conversations are about sd atom uh, about using that as collateral. And uh, does the osmosis community um, want to kind of seed the first mover advantage to Adam? Because as this, um, as DeFi really starts to mature in in the cosmos and this wave of DeFi happens, um, I, I personally hope that um, Osmo doesn't get left behind. Like I want to see a paradigm right. develop. I want to see a paradigm develop where Every single application offers ad, ST Atom and ST Osmo as collateral. I just think that's more healthy. Like objectively speaking, it's better to have two collateral options than one. It's better for a stable coin to be backed by two assets than one, etc. And um, so, like that's like kind of one of the reasons yeah. for this conversation. Just the, like the more gauging I think, how the Osmosis more... community feels and like uh, about the incentives. Like the incentives would help to build liquidity and get more integrations and help ST Osmo be part of this new 
collateralization paradigm in the cosmos. Uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. The more I think through it, like, yeah, I the the first movers snowball argument doesn't even make that much sense because obviously there will be a first mover somewhere. You guys are it, and if the osmosis community does feel it gets to a point where like you guys have recruited too much osmo or that pool is sucking up too much tvl from elsewhere then they could just vote to remove the incentives at that point and let like another newcomer try and come up i I don't think there's really an argument that i see aside from maybe like the economic or governance ones that are slim and well worth the trade-off in my opinion um for going ahead with this right now i might even side with robo and say like i would be in favor of um super fluid as well i know we're going to take one thing at a time but um yeah it's all it's all sort of clicking because you're, you're totally right uh osmosis needs it in a way um oh, i had one other thought that's sort of escaping me now maybe it'll come back to me though um but yeah no this is this is all like computing for me <laughs> yeah it's I, also worth, oh, worth noting that the um like the deeper that pool is, the less likely it is to depeg. And if it does depeg, the yeah. you know the impact will be less than it would be otherwise. Mm-hmm. And also osmosis is already sort of built. In fact, someone mentioned this on the Commonwealth thread, funny enough, as part of actually I'm not sure if it was someone who was for or against this, but um they're already sort of set up to have a negative hurdle right compared to staking. Like they have many pools where the APY on them just from Osmo rewards, especially back in the day. I actually don't keep up too much with the specific rates these days, um, but definitely beat out staking because the priority for osmosis is getting that deep liquidity and being a great DEX, hence superfluid coming in and sort of allowing that with the security, blah, blah, blah. So it's it's not as if the one of the classic arguments for liquid staking um well i don't know if that is classic but but the heart the hurdle argument um is something osmosis has already sort of embraced and works around where they know raw staking isn't going to be the most appealing thing and that's okay so this just sort of plays right into that i think i thought i had a deeper thought there but yeah, no, I think this is all great. If, if anyone else out there has thoughts, again, please feel free to come up. Um, I'm yeah, kind of definitely. digging for um, some extra questions here. I'm even trying to play devil's advocate and like kind of think outside the box. But I mean, it seems like w- whatever negatives I can come up with and sort of flounder through here um, definitely don't seem to outweigh the pros because of everything you've mentioned, like osmosis potentially getting left behind this being an inevitability one way or the other. So, yeah. Yeah. Please. If, uh, if anybody has any feedback or any ideas or questions or perspectives or comments, uh, please raise your hand. We definitely want to hear from you. Um, I'm just really curious to hear what everybody thinks, like, especially people who really care about osmosis. Yeah. And yeah, to add what to add to what you were saying, uh, Timmy, it, it also goes back to like the stablecoin, which is uh, what I started the conversation with. Um, we, in order to have a CDP-backed stablecoin in the cosmos, which you need for proper DeFi that's actually decentralized, um, you need LSDs. Uh, obviously, we've got ST Atom, 
Atom is absolutely going to be used as collateral for such stable coins as IST. Uh, I was talking with the IST team or like the Agoric team just the other day. Uh, they're probably going to be using ST Atom. Um, but like ST Osmo wasn't a part of that conversation that I had with them. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, the more collateral you, the more collateral types you have, the more resilient a uh, decentralized stablecoin can be. And yeah, I just, I, I don't see any other path forward. Uh, and I, I just like really hope the osmosis community um, kind of comes around to seeing it that way. Like there are definitely the risks we're talking about, but uh, the osmosis community to, to kind of like repeat myself here, the osmosis community does accept the risk of having a bridge and a single canonical bridge at that. And the way I see it, liquid staking is less risky and gives you more rewards than a bridge. No, if I had to guess um, what the lack of people coming up to speak means, that in this small chunk of osmosis users we have in this space, is that most people are actually probably on board um, and agree with you. So, yeah, I guess... I guess my mind's already starting to go to other places. Like I'm curious about many years down the line. I don't know if we want to get into this, but like ST Osmo on other chains and if that could provide benefits versus drawbacks. Like, you know, maybe if there was also a very deep ST Osmo pool on Juno or some other chain, would that in theory maybe further minimize the DPEG risk because there's more arbitrage opportunities? Like, and if some, I don't know. I don't know if we want to get into all that, but I, I'm just. Oh, no, we can keep chatting. That's fine. I'm good. Yeah, I guess very open ended question, actually, not just Osmo, but we can stick on Osmo. Like, what has there been internal discussion about pros and cons of what? liquid staked assets on non-native chains means besides just the obvious it's there like pros and cons that, that brings that are non-obvious because that technically falls into the conversation here of you know liquid staked osmo good or bad no um unfortunately we haven't talked about it at all and we haven't done any business development outside of the cosmos um and i was just thinking about that the other day actually because like the way things are going in Cause in crypto overall, um, I really think the overall paradigm of crypto is changing, and like VC, like assets and ecosystems that are highly associated with VCs, I don't think are going to be performing very well in the future, for various yeah. reasons. <laughs> so, so like you take Adam, like Adam is probably going to be one of the best cryptos uh, over the next few years. And the Cosmos ecosystem, I think, is really, really going to thrive. Like the Cosmos ecosystem has a lot of good things going for it already. But as we kind of shift to this new paradigm that I see unfolding, um, I think Cosmos is going to be like one of the main places to be. And so Adam is like very a very powerful, interesting token, very good as collateral if you use an LSD of it. So ST Adam. And same with um, Osmo and ST Osmo. So yeah, you could export those to other ecosystems. Um, personally, I don't really go outside the cosmos. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I don't really go to Ethereum or Solana or Avalanche. Um, so I'm, I am ignorant about what's going on over there. Um, but I imagine 
Like they pretty much have everything that we're developing, money markets, CDP backed stable coins, perps protocols. And I think uh, it would be beneficial and it would make those protocols more robust if uh, they were to use different forms of collateral, like, uh, like SD Atom or SD Osmo. But, yeah. but then again, like this is kind of just theorizing and talking about things. I'll, I'll give this question to you, Timmy. Uh, what would they do about liquidations? Interesting. What would, what would who do? <laughs> the protocols. Like, like for instance, uh, if you are on Ethereum and you had an exogenous, um, well, you would need liquidity depth. That's the only thing. Like if you have ST Atom on Ethereum yeah. uh, and it's being used as collateral, mm-hmm. uh, if it is subject to liquidation, then it, it needs to be able to reach a money. It needs to be able to reach a DEX with liquidity uh, very quickly. And yeah. there's, there's no time to do the bridging process over to Cosmos to access the ST Atom liquidity on Osmosis. My so original I, thought was stayed within, would there probably, there still wouldn't be time with IBC either. Yeah, you need it like pretty much immediately. Well, we're going to see what happens actually, because um, hmm. like the, and this is a dynamic and this is something interesting. And I talk about people a lot, uh, sorry, I talk a lot with people about this. Um, for instance, on Comdex, Com. Comdex is going to be issuing a CDP stablecoin composite, and they're also going to have a money market Komodo. So there's going to be leverage there, and they're going to be using ST Atom as collateral. They are going to have an ST Atom pool on their DEX uh, C swap, but the liquidity is going to be nowhere near as deep gotcha. as Osmosis. So okay. like, some liquidations could happen locally, but mostly it's going to be IBC over to osmosis. And, and that's why Delphi is always talking about a synchronous composability because even within the cosmos going from chain from going from chain to chain that adds that's asynchronous. Um, it takes like yeah. 20 or 30 seconds. Whereas with Mars, since Mars is on the osmosis chain, liquidations can happen as fast as the blocks can be processed, which is, what is it on osmosis these days? Do you know Robo? Like four to six seconds or a bit lower? Yeah, that's it. Just over six seconds on average. Yeah, so a liquidation on osmosis would take that amount of time. Whereas if it were on Comdex, you'd probably be IBCing it. So it's 20 to 30 seconds. And the upshot of that is that there's probably going to be a higher liquidation bonus for liquidators on non osmosis chains within the cosmos. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, a realization, a realization just hit me. How has um, my mic quality and like connection been tonight? Oh. Has it been all right? Uh, yeah, it's been fine. Okay, I just realized uh, I forgot to turn off my VPN prior to this, which I usually do on my phone, but guess it didn't interfere tonight, which is nice. Elon's finally fixing things. <laughs> okay, um, so let's see. I think... Were there a few other, yeah, there's a few other like odds and ends we could touch on if, if you want to take it a little bit longer. Um, yeah, I think maybe we don't have to get into those, like the future of Osmo in general. Um, we've I, said... I was pretty curious just maybe on one point, like to okay, look into sure. it, like 
how as the conversation surrounding MEV and like skip protocol just launched on Juno, um, the, the conversation around MEV in general has really changed over time from when it was first kind of coined on Ethereum and such. How do you see liquid staking protocols in general? Um, but you guys like benefiting from that or or are there maybe downsides or like how, how does MEV play into a liquid staking solution like Strides system? Well, I must admit, I'm pretty ignorant about what's exactly going on with the MEV on Osmosis. Um, maybe maybe you're a bit more knowledgeable about a robo, uh, but I haven't really been reading the Commonwealth posts. And I know that um, Skip got some kind of grant to build out an MEV, like an in-protocol MEV thing for Osmosis. And that's pretty interesting. But one thing I do know is that, as we've been saying, a, an LSD pool creates lots of opportunities for arbitrage. So that peg between ST Osmo and Osmo, between ST Adam and Adam, between ST Juno and Juno, that peg, sorry, that peg is going to fluctuate a little bit. And whenever it does, it has to get arbed back to where it should be. And uh, mm. that's a, a really easy arb. And uh, the thing is, like, there are already people doing it. Um, we know that. Uh, Stride doesn't do it. It's all in the free market. But you can see on chain um, some pretty, I guess, sophisticated outfits are doing that ARB. Um, so like normal users like you and I wouldn't be able to do it with a click of a button. And I don't know if that's Skip exactly or Mechatech or what's going on. But all I can say is liquid stake pools provide lots of arbitrage opportunities. And maybe that can be captured by Skip and um, given to Osmo stakers. Yeah, so an interesting thought I've toyed with for a while actually is that stable pairings, stable pools, whether they're two two different USD denominated coins or like two versions of the same coin, maybe a bridged asset and the original or a liquid staked asset and the original are that whole category of like stable pools is very uniquely positioned to kind of like play into ARB and, and in turn MEV. But yeah, I am curious, Robo, if you just have any thoughts or insights. I'm not too up to date either with the MEV situation on Osmo. And maybe there's not too much, but. Well, yeah. So, I mean, the interesting thing about, um, you know, Skip's solution on Osmosis versus Juno is because Osmosis is a DEX app chain, um, you can you can literally build out a module and this is what skip is doing they're building out a module to basically front run and capture all arbitrage on the decks or at least a large portion of it um the the, the module will be written such that it'll have priority over um other arbitrage transactions so if there's a discrepancy in an arb opportunity um basically the module will be able to temporarily mint um, assets use that to capture the arb opportunity and then burn the corresponding um, other asset and distribute the net to stakers right so it's I, I i can't remember the number but it was something like seven seven million dollars worth of arbitrage captured um over the last year on osmosis um and that'll be distributed according to what the community votes on but um, I think it's it's largely believed it'll go to Osmos stakers. Um, so that not only allows Osmosis to kind of capture that opportunity, but 
with respect to liquid staking, it, you know, every asset that is, um, you know, every asset that uh, is captured um, from the arbitrage opportunities will be swapped to Osmo and then distributed to Osmo stakers. So that's just going to accrue more value directly to, um, you know, to ST Osmo as well, um, because they're getting the benefit of uh, those staking rewards. Bro, I, I don't mean to get too off topic here, and maybe, maybe you have no idea on this, Robo, but I've just never been in the position to ask someone who might have the data to answer this or the insight. I've always just sort of been curious, do you know, does, in general, um, does arbitrage profit scale linearly with like TVL and volume, or is it a little bit more exponential or a little bit slower? Um, like 7 million... I guess we don't have too many years of data to run on for osmosis, but um, let's say the volume and TVL both roughly double over the next year. Would we expect like twice that arbitrage profit or a little bit less or more or not sure? I, I know that's kind of out of left field. I've just always wondered this. Yeah, I, I, I definitely wouldn't be the person to ask. I mean, obviously yeah. it does, it does increase, but I don't know if it's linearly or exponentially. I mean, if you look at the, you know, the MEV that's extracted on Ethereum, it's, you know, orders of magnitude higher than what's yeah. extracted on, <laughs> on osmosis. Right. Um, but I think that gives a good insight into the potential of what, um, you know, what the proto rev module being built by skip could bring to osmosis. And so that's why it's, it's like one of the things that I'm most excited about for osmosis in the future. Yeah. No, I think it's just, it makes osmosis more of a sort of self-contained, like everything sort of happens uh, in sync with each other. You know, the, the MEV and stuff is somewhat returned to users of the platform and stakers. And uh, well, it's, it sounds like a lot of that's up in the air still, but beautiful stuff yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, on Ethereum, it's like this winner-take-all kind of thing. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> whoever whoever can get to it first is going to get you know going to get the profit uh, and i'm sure there will be some of that on osmosis and throughout the cosmos because people are somewhat free to build whatever but yeah probably I, I, to a large extent we spoke with um with jeremy from skip protocol on the osmosis discord um we have a recording of it uh hosted there as well but from what I understand, the way that the module is built, um, the protocols, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a tech background either, but um, the protocol will always have priority over trans transactions that are submitted to the mempool. Uh, so the vast majority of all MEV or arbitrage submitted or, you know, created on the protocol are going to be able to be captured by the protocol itself. Yeah, yeah, which is most certainly in contrast to how it works on Ethereum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, cool. We don't need to dive too much more off topic. Are there any other things you wanted to touch on, John? Or I feel like I'm less of a skeptic. Like, I, I definitely feel like I'll be voting in favor of this. I think there are cons, but the pros definitely outweigh them both for the individual user and osmosis as a whole, as a protocol in a chain. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts? And as always, if anyone in the audience has any, feel free to come up. 
Yeah, I'm very happy to hear you say that. Um, yeah, any more thoughts from me? I guess uh, my thoughts are just, uh, I guess I'm slightly disappointed that um, nobody really showed up to this space to kind of challenge the ideas that I've been putting forward. Because I, I really did want to hear that side of the argument. I've seen it articulated um, like on on forums and in Twitter posts, but I wanted to be able to go back and forth with somebody about that. And uh, I guess I didn't get the opportunity, but that's fine. Uh, just like, yeah, from where I'm, from where I'm sitting, I'm not really standing right now from where I'm sitting. Um, I think ST Osmo is fantastic. And for a number of reasons, uh, I think the osmosis community should support it. Um, I guess one thought that I'll, one thought that I'll leave on, is uh the future like maybe in six to six to 12 months like you could have a million dollars worth of st osmo backing cdp stablecoins and loans on money markets and perpetual swap positions throughout the cosmos and like if you consider how the cosmos is going to be growing and you think about it like we're going to need a lot of native stablecoins uh, in the cosmos and just the idea of having a billion dollars of st osmo backing these things throughout the cosmos that's a lot of demand for osmo and uh, i think that could be a considerable source of demand going forward and that just really excites me to see the token so utilized and um yeah i'd really like to see that future and because like i don't want it to go all to adam because uh, like i'm the one who talks to like I'm the guy from Stride who has all these meetings with all these different protocols and we're always talking about SD Atom. And I think just for safety, it's better to have more diversity. I would love to see uh, SD Atom and SD Osmo be the gold and silver, maybe, if you will, of collateralization throughout the cosmos. Um, yeah, I would love to see that future. I can see that future. I think of, of all the coins in the cosmos, Osmo probably makes sense for that role, honestly. Yeah, because like uh, aside from the Cosmos Hub, I think Osmosis is the only chain in the Cosmos that at this point can legitimately call itself a hub. Like yeah. they're they're the two hubs of the Cosmos, the two poles of the Cosmos. There may be more hubs in the future. Um, Terra is obviously trying to reassert itself as a hub. It was before. Maybe it will be again. But right now, like the two big players and like the two focal points. There's two of them. Cosmos Hub and Osmosis. And I think it's just appropriate that the native token from each of those blockchains becomes a well-accepted um, collateral token throughout the Cosmos via its LSD. I would really like to see that paradigm emerge over the next three to six months. Yeah. And I have a feeling like it, it feels like we're going that way. So we'll see. But yeah. awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely see. Well, uh, I think this has been a pretty good conversation and um, maybe somebody from the community will put up that vote about incentivizing the uh, ST Osmo pool and we can kind of, like, I'm really curious to see how that goes. I think that's going to be kind of, in a way, it's sort of going to be a referendum on how the community feels about ST Osmo in general. And I'm really curious to see how that goes. Well, what I think's funny and maybe slightly reflected in our lack of speakers coming up tonight, only slightly, um, 
It's that, like, I, I think something like that will pass with flying colors. I think, and I absolutely mean this as a compliment, the average type of Commonwealth user is extra extra thoughtful and maybe extra healthily skeptical and more plugged in. I think the average voter who sees this proposal will be like, oh, I've heard of Stride. That's liquid staked. Like, this is cool. I definitely want to incentivize this. I'm going to go, like... <laughs> invest in this pool or put some of my existing Osmo there or whatever. Um, so I have a feeling like it, the sentiment will be good. I think that's partially reflected in our lack of sort of pushback tonight. Um, I was actually kind of planning on playing a little bit more like devil's advocate and trying to like speak, speak to maybe the downsides, um, assuming we had no one come up. Um, but I kind of found that hard as we went through our discussion, to be honest, because it, Whatever, like I said, you know, broken record, whatever downsides there are really do not seem to outweigh the pros that this this brings to the entire chain. So I think this has been a beautiful discussion. Um, Robo, much appreciate you popping up. Uh, I don't have any more closing thoughts. I don't know about you, John. Um, yeah, but if, good. I think we can spin her down. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for being here, um, Timmy and Robo and everybody else who's been listening. Um, I think this has been a great chat. Yeah, this has been great. Um, definitely we'll look to chat with you guys again in maybe like a couple months when we've progressed. Liquid staking is more prevalent and see where we're at then. Definitely be cool to do a follow-up. For sure. Well, good night, everybody. All right, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your evening or morning or day, wherever you are, and we'll catch you all next time. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Liquid Staking Osmo Open Discussion with StrideZone, hosted by Tendermint Timmy with Spark IBC, recorded on Friday, November 11th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Shout out to Tendermint Timmy and the team from Spark IBC for giving people a way to use Juno and the USDC on that chain to not only support Terra Spaces, but to get Spark Points. Now that's something I love. Thank you. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke rolls in when I start a session Plank canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead, or put it in new speakers It's a toss up, driver, or just tweakers Don't 
stress, yo I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake Off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison And put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling Less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down All humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal? I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble Spaces.